This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast on Rivals here with Zach Carpenter from inside Nebraska, who is going through a coaching search. And that's always fun, especially uh, early on in your career in Lincoln here, Zach. And there are some names that I think we should probably float out first. Uh, you know, Clint Cosgrove had a, had a report that Matt Rule, Matt Campbell, and Lance Leopold would be the three names to look at. Feldman, Bruce Feldman had... Uh, Campbell, Leopold, and Bill O'Brien. Are those kind of the names now that we're looking at? Or sometimes in coaching searches, those are the names that agents float out there and then we'll then then it's something completely different. What's kind of your feel now on the ground there? Yeah. Um, I think when the initial the initial list came out, you know, it's like 12, 15 different names of uh, different reporters saying these are the eyes to or these are the candidates to sort of keep an eye on and um, you have to kind of dig through the through those through those names through those lists because I think a lot of times when those come out it's like you said agents floating it out there or someone from that coach's camp floating it out but um, we've done some digging Clint's been Clint's been all over it um, and then I've been um, talking to my people as well um, on the ground over in Lincoln and um, those, those names you mentioned, and on top of them, probably uh, you're looking at Jamie Chadwell as well, of uh, some of the guys who are at the top of the list. And to be clear, it's it's not as if these are the top candidates, one, two, three, like it's in this order, or these are the only candidates that Nebraska is going to be going after. Trev Alberts, the, um, the Nebraska athletic director, he said in his press conference uh, after – Firing Scott Frost and talking about this national uh, search that um, that they're going to be they're they're going to be conducting. And I say national search in quotes because that's what Albert said. He said you're going to hear a lot of names thrown around. Um, you're going to hear that Trev Alberts talked to X Y Z coach, um, and I, he said I very may, very may well have talked to X Y Z coach, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to hire X Y Z coach. And I think that was him being very well aware of the situation of how things get uh, misconstrued and in reports like this and national coaching searches. I mean, he was, um, he, he played at Nebraska. He was in the media, he worked for ESPN. He knows how these things go. So I think he was trying to sort of put out a um, sort of precautionary message to say, Hey, don't believe everything that you hear. Don't believe all these rumors. But I will say that, it's not as if Clint or myself are just throwing out names like randomly willy nilly just to say, Hey, this is a guy or that's a guy. Like, I think there's, I think there's some guardedness from the fan base to say, Hey, who uh, are you just throwing out names? Like, are these just, no, that's not what we're doing. We're giving you, we're going into our, we're using our sources and we're digging into it to give names who are actual candidates for the job. And these are, the names you mentioned are some of the top candidates, not all of them, um, not all of the candidates, but those are those are the guys that are at the top of the list for who Nebraska will be looking to pursue. Asking fan bases who they want to be the coach can be a very difficult process because they either want Nick Saban or Vince Lombardi or the greatest coach of all time. And without that being the person, there's a significant amount of disappointment. 
But what yeah, are the I'm, I'm, fig- I'm finding that out, Adam. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> to the firsthand experience because everybody hates everybody hates the coaches that you list, and there are some people that like them, but mostly it's like someone's going to find. There's a lot of people who are going to find a problem with anybody that you mention. Yeah, is the fan base kind of rallying around certain names? What's kind of your sense from from seeing that and following that on message boards? Yeah, I mean, you start with Urban Meyer because I think he's the sexiest name. He's the biggest name. He's one of the best college football coaches of all time. So, like, I understand that. And he, the fact that he's very much a wanted commodity around here, it, it makes sense. And I, it maybe it's a vocal minority that truly wants Urban Meyer at at the top of the program. But um, I think there is a there is a a push and a want for Urban Meyer to be the next coach. And then there's the other side of the camp of, no, I don't want him at all. Like that's, and that's, what's interesting is I think urban is one of the very few coaches who could get Nebraska back into um, immediate contention and, and back into big 10, back into competing for big 10 titles relatively quickly and potentially into national titles. But from, uh, from my sources, I, I had been saying coming into the, um, the Nebraska Oklahoma game where he was there for big noon kickoff. Uh, I have been told that he probably isn't going to be interested in returning to a college into college football coaching with the way college football world is, is set up now with NIL and transfer portal um, situations sort of dominating the landscape now. And I was trying to give a little bit of room for a possibility that that, uh, that could change when he came to Lincoln and experienced it and, um, I mean, you saw on Fox that uh, when he was on the big noon kickoff set, they're chanting, we want urban and yeah. um, everything that happened this weekend. So I was trying to give like a little bit of room for maybe that changes. And then coming out of the weekend, no, it it's still uh, situated where he's not wanting to he's staying at Fox. He's not wanting a return to college football coaching, at least not right now, and at least not at Nebraska. Um, so that that's one name that sort of. Uh, a lot of fan, a lot of the fans have sort of rallied around. At least our subscribers, um, and it's interesting to see that Matt Campbell and Lance Leipold, uh, the, those are two of the two of the top targets that we keep mentioning. And um, I think it's sort of split. Like it's interesting because I think both of those would be. I think Matt Campbell would be uh, a home run hire, at least like whatever the half step below a home run hire is, because I think. Luke Fickle would be the absolute knock it out of the stadium home run hire. And Luke Fickle to Nebraska is not happening. Um, but it's interesting to see sort of the fan base get almost split a little bit from what I've seen. I'm like, I feel like this coaching search is sort of uh, um, causing some causing some commotion, some embattlement of, no, like this, this guy would be awesome. No, this is why that – person would be a terrible hire so, right. I don't know, have you seen that do coaching searches usually do that from your experience yeah and especially at a place like nebraska who and i'm not going to say inflated sense of self but um they expect like the greatest coach of all time to take that job and and that is something that at, at every job tennessee thought they were getting john gruden forever you know like those things just don't 
necessarily happen out of the blue. And so, you know, you have to go to sometimes realistic candidates like Urban Meyer is literally the, one of the greatest coaches in college football history. Like maybe Urban Meyer doesn't think Nebraska's big enough for him. You know, like he went from Florida to Ohio State and won national championships there. Does he want to go in to a massive rebuild project? And the reason that I don't think Urban has any interest is because he's always recruit. He's always coached at places where he had, you know, the base recruiting territory, and he could kind of have free reign over whatever the hell he wanted to do. And that's why he took Florida after Utah and not Notre Dame because there were academic restrictions that he had to worry about and recruiting restrictions that he had to worry about and. Uh, he didn't have that at Florida. And as you'll see on the documentary that's being done about them now, it was basically whatever anybody wanted to do on that team was allowed to do. I covered those guys when Urban was there. It was a madhouse. So um, I don't know, you know, Urban Meyer is certainly a sexy name and would and would definitely bring, you know, his style of coaching to Nebraska. But there are definitely guys and, and, and ones that have been mentioned um, a lot that, that are interesting. Matt Campbell's one of them. When he was sort of a candidate for USC, the USC people felt that he was sort of on the same kind of coaching track as Nick Saban. And that's not to say that he's the next Nick Saban because there might never be someone like him. But, you know, Nick Saban coached at Toledo um, for, for a year and then went to Michigan State and left Michigan State because there weren't enough resources at Michigan State and he went to the South. Um, and that's where his career really launched and really took off. And Matt Campbell is in a similar situation. He's at Iowa State and has done a phenomenal job there. He only has one losing season in Ames, which is incredibly difficult, especially in a Big 12 that's pretty good. And now, but he has no resources there. He has no recruiting territory. And he's done basically everything he could do. I just don't, I just don't know why people aren't like super thrilled if Matt Campbell was going to be hired at Nebraska. You know, and on top of that, or sort of to back that point up is I feel like Matt Campbell is one of those rising stars in the coaching industry. And you see, I mean, Urban Meyer, he started off at Bowling Green and then he went yeah. to Utah before he rose to sort of coaching stardom that one season at Utah and then um, what he did at Florida. So it's interesting that so much of the fan base would think that Matt Campbell would be a terrible hire. And I think a lot of it is still sort of the, the past history of Mike Riley coming in here from Oregon state after sort of a similar, um, similar setup. And uh, that Matt Campbell has at Iowa state of success, not like immense, immense success record wise at a lower tier power five school. And then coming to Nebraska, that's what happened with Mike Riley. And then it didn't work out. And I think there's some, sort of some, uh, I keep using the word guarded, but um, sort of guarded that uh, that the same situation would happen with with Matt Campbell if he came to Nebraska. But you, you hear Trev Albert say all the things, all the qualities that he wants um, out of a out of the next Nebraska coach. And uh, it, they just seem to match what Matt Campbell would bring to the table as far as a program builder, culture builder. Because doing it at Iowa State, I it, it seems like it would be much harder to to do that there than it would be Nebraska. So I feel like he's seasoned at least in terms of building building that culture, building a program. So I do think I, I don't know if that's the same way you feel, but I feel like he would be a great fit. 
Yeah, and any comparison to Mike Riley, I don't see. Mike Riley was Mr. Nice Guy, tried to, you know, love up everybody, did the Calabrasca thing, which we knew was not really a, a workable thing long term. Uh, Matt Campbell's law and order, man. He's going to bring in a system that he knows works and runs. And if you can win in Ames, um, you could certainly win in Lincoln because uh, Nebraska has cachet in the recruiting world that Iowa State might not. Lance Leipold is super interesting because he's not a sexy name. I mean, if you if you ask college football fans around the country who he is, they might not even know he's the coach at Kansas. Um, but that might be his appeal. Uh, you know, he went 109-6 and six at Wisconsin Whitewater. And I get that it's Wisconsin Whitewater and it's Division Three football. But it's 109-6. and six. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, that's essentially never losing a game in like 10 years of coaching there. Um, he takes the Buffalo job and, you know, it took him a few years to turn that around, but he had a 10 win season in 2018 and then went eight and five and then, uh, you know, goes to Kansas, which is an impossible job. Maybe the hardest job in all of power five, um, not necessarily from recruiting territory, but just from a perception standpoint goes two and 10 last year, they beat Texas. And then comes in and starts 3-0, and and, you know, they actually look like a really good football team. So I get that if Lance Leipold gets this job, people might be like, oh, this isn't the sexy, big-time hire that we wanted. But it's almost a, a guarantee that if his system's implemented and people fall into place, that he could win a lot of games there. Yeah, I think you go back to the coaching buzzword buy-in. If, yeah. if he comes to Nebraska and there's actual buy-in, from the staff he that he brings in or puts in place and uh, there's buy-in from the fan base. I think that's one maybe underrated uh, aspect of all of this is the fan base, whoever Nebraska hires is going to have to buy in at least the majority of them. Otherwise it's not going to work. Like there has to be support from, uh, from the fan base to make this a more enticing job for whether it's Lance Leipold or Matt Campbell or, um, or Bill O'Brien. Um, and like you said, Kansas has started off three and zero, and Iowa State's three and zero for the first time since 2012. Kansas three and zero for the first time since 2009. Nebraska's one and three. Nebraska lost to Northwestern, which just got ran out. Like their defense got destroyed by Duke, and then they lost to an FCS team. Yeah. And then you lose to Georgia Southern. You barely beat an FCS team in North Dakota, and not trying to to poo-poo the start, but you're one and three when your two two of your top coaching candidates are three and zero oh and built these Iowa State a sustained Big Twelve contender and Kansas now three and zero oh when it's impossible to almost impossible to have that type of success at Kansas. It's like, do you want a winner or do you not? And yeah. I do think both of those guys could consistently win and build build Nebraska into a big 10 West contender. And I know in 2024, when USC and UCLA come to the conference, maybe the big 10 West, as we know, it's not going to be like it was, but for the, for right now, I think the best hope that you, the best goal you can have is if you're a Nebraska fan is to have the Huskers be a contender in the big West, you get to the big 10 championship game, and then you just have to win one game and you're playing in the Rose bowl or you had a 10 win season, maybe you can sneak into the college football playoff, especially with the expanding to 12 teams. So 
I think you have a couple guys in those two candidates who could get you there. And then real quick on Bill O'Brien. This is another interesting one for, for many other reasons. One, from a recruiting perspective, I think everybody knows who he is. Uh, two, he can go in there and say, I've coached Tom Brady and I've coached Bryce Young, and that's going to sell quarterbacks at least, and that's a good start in, in recruiting. He took over a Penn State job right after the Sandusky scandal, which was an impossible job and did a very admirable, admirable job that he then parlayed into a NFL head coaching job and GM role. But then it got interesting because, you know, he in, in 2018, the Texans went 11 and five and then 10 and six. They went to the playoffs both years. Then then he starts 0 and four in 2020. And instead of giving any time, he's gone. And so. Then he became, you know, then he goes to the Nick Saban rehabilitation school like Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian and and is now doing a, a phenomenal job with that offense. But I do think that there's a little bit of fieriness in him. And I don't want to say Bo Pelini level because I don't think anybody can get to that to that. But there is sort of a this is my this is my way of doing things, and there's gonna be very little flexibility and I'm going to run the show, which might be what Nebraska needs. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but he's certainly qualified for the job, and it might be a really good landing spot for someone with his resume. Yeah, and he's, like you say, Bo Pelini, um, Bill O'Brien, sort of that uh, mirror image of each other. Like we said, Mike Riley, Matt Campbell, sort of the mirror image of each other, at least from a <clears throat> perception standpoint. So, but – the reclamation project is another thing is another similar characteristic between these guys. I mean, like we said, Matt Campbell, Iowa state, uh, Lance Leipold at, at Kansas and Bill O'Brien with the history of, like you said, an impossible situation to take over and turn Penn state into what it was for that brief amount of time. Um, I, maybe like you said, maybe Nebraska does need something like that. It's sort of an extra juice to, uh, of disciplinary, um, not even disciplinary, but just like, um, and not disciplinary or fire and brimstone, but just yeah. like a hard-headed leader of this program to um, sort of get things moving in the right direction. And he, uh, I would be interested to see what he would be like as a head coach after he went to um, to work under Nick Saban and have success there. And that's another recruiting pitch to where you can get the most important position. You can get talent at quarterback um, into – into Nebraska, which is another area that they're going to need to obviously have sustained success moving forward in this sort of this new age of college football of offenses dominating the landscape. And even in the big 10 West, where I know running the, running the ball and strong nose defense is, is always going to be what rules the day. Again, that is Zach Carpenter. He will be all over the Nebraska coaching search. We will be Definitely watching closely. Go to Inside Nebraska for all your needs. This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast.